0: It's like backstage, but there's no stage. It's the Standby for Places Green Room.
1: Welcome to In the Green Room.
0: It's kind of funny too, like that it's very current today.
1: Interesting. Say more.
0: Um, well, we, we were just recently talking about, in the news, all the stuff about our former president and his getting rid of documents and who has the right to get rid of those documents and the archive and uh, what should be done with Presidential documents, even if it's a letter that's personal from, you know, another leader, what should be done with those documents? Well, he took a few of them home. Well, wait, and then all of a sudden he's surprised. No, those aren't yours, they are public. So there's a big discussion in this play on what's public, what's private. You know, what what should we be able to keep after we've gone, after we've died? In this case, who has a right to those documents? And, you know, what we the person's passed away, so who gets to decide
1: yeah and and how do the people mentioned get to be in the controlling of the narrative that's about them
0: right and and i do like those kinds of um discussions i should tell you a secret i am a communication professor that is my main bread and butter so i like communication issues and one of the issues with this play that i address is privacy management Mm -hmm how do I manage my own privacy in a world today where I tell a story on TikTok or Twitter, or uh, how do I control that? Mm-hmm. But once it's out there, just do I have a right to control it? Or like, if I tell you a story, then do you have the right to share that story? Or we in do an activity together, what part of that is managed? What kind of boundaries do we put on that? Uh, What is the turbulence that happens when you break those boundaries? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the couples, friends, relatives, relationships always deal with this privacy management. Yeah. Do I want you to talk about those things? I don't know.
1: It's been really interesting following, um, I don't know if you, I don't know how ingrained in celebrity news you are, I am, a, I am an ardent uh, reader of Dumois, et cetera. Um, but Kim Kardashian has just gone through this big divorce with Kanye West, who is um, unstable in, in a variety of ways. And he is making their divorce extremely difficult. And part of that is he's been sharing her their private text messages on Instagram. and And it's text messages of her saying things like, can you please stop? threatening my boyfriend can you please stop showing up at our children's parties like unannounced and he's screenshotting them and posting them on his Instagram and that's blowing things way up and there's this very large conversation now about like what 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 is private what what do you get to share as one part of something and what do the other people get to control so it's very relevant it's the Kardashians are talking about it's very relevant
0: And how much time does that stay relevant for the Kardashians? You know, because in our play, we have Lady Byron. She's, oh, she was only married to Lord Byron for a year. Wow. Uh, So how many, how long does she have power over that year? You know,
1: and she sued to keep the name, right? I think you said. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because it got her into places. And it was all about what circles you can get into with your name, you know, Kardashian. Just say the name and you're going to get first seated, right? right? You'll get uh, upgraded to first class. You know, how long do you get to do that? Mm-hmm. How long should you be allowed to talk about those things? It's an X. When, when does that permission dissolve?
1: Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? So
0: it is fascinating, too. And like your role, you played the maid. Mm-hmm. And so your ear is often to the door. hmm and uh, do you have a right then to sell that information and share that information i mean you read those magazines and somebody had leaked some of that oh, information
1: yeah. it's always sources close to the person say things like that somebody's talking
0: it's a cook it's a chef it's a f- assistant you know somebody shared that otherwise we wouldn't know and they get paid and pop out of the woodwork with a camera you know we didn't have cameras uh, in
1: a really of, fast oil um, painting in the bush.
0: Yeah, crazy! Yeah,
1: <laughs> because we talked about the possibility that Bridget was selling information, and it hadn't occurred to me until you mentioned it. But then we talked about it, and you you said that somebody somebody was doing that to Lord Byron before he died.
0: He died in Greece, and while he was down there, you know, people were constantly s- selling. Little stories about him. Where is he now? Oh, he's in Porto Venere. Oh, he's uh, swimming up the uh, Cinque Terre. Oh, he's now battling over in Greece. It was celebrity news. I mean, it was TMZ in Greek letters. Uh, so there was always uh, an audience for that, and they loved that kind of uh, celebrity. T- he he made fame famous.
1: Wow, and Anything- he so, So young. He did all of that in such a small amount of time.
0: And partially uh, that kept him in money, that kept him in credit, that kept him going. And, you know, they would travel together. He and um, Hobhouse would travel together. And, you know, there was a lot to gain when you were in those positions, Mm -hmm. because you didn't have to work. You know, you made money by being a lord or a lady. So it is fascinating, you know, should great artists leave behind what they have made and who then makes money off it because they're dead like recently basquiat they found some old paintings that they thought they think they're not sure might be basquiats and you know these what could sell for millions but who's going to get the money off them basquiat's dead
1: I, well i guess that's the whole deal with estates, but i i could see it getting very complicated
0: Yeah. And who's the estate of Lord Byron? You know, he's buried in Westminster Abbey. So who gets it? The Queen? I mean, she doesn't need the money. (laughs) And so it's sometimes best, like you use the idea of the crucible. It's it's good to go back in time to better understand where we are. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, kind of what Arthur Miller did with the Crucible at the time to talk about the witch hunts, you know, for the House of Un-American Activities. And so in this case, we can see who has the right over some people's public documents. And, And what is a public figure?
1: Yeah, and and you know it comes up all the time of what rights do public figures have once they become public figures? What do they owe their audience? What do they owe their consumers? And uh, it comes up when like an artist speaks out about politics, and people are like, "Just stick to singing and dancing. You don't you don't get to share how you feel about this." Or people who feel like performers owe them a stage door, or a new album, or information about what's coming up for them. Like there's an entitlement felt by the public once somebody becomes, when somebody is no longer a member of the public. Once they're, once they're a public figure and they almost stop being people and start being institutions.
0: Should we protect that reputation so that people can keep their cherishing uh, feelings about that celebrity?
1: Yeah. What's more important, the truth or the story?
0: Well, and you know, that's a good question of truth. You know, one person's truth in this story might have been altered, by another person's truth. And we get to that kind of in the third movement of this play when all the characters are finally in the room and they get to discuss what people are hiding and we know that they're in the memoir. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Should we let everything out, all those secrets?
1: And some are are on of the camp that it should just be destroyed. Some are of the camp that it should be edited and carefully chosen what's revealed. And some are just let me put it out. Where if you were in the room in this room with your characters, what would your contribution to the discussion be? How do you what do you think they should do with it?
0: Well, that's why I wrote the play. Um, I don't have to take a position. <laughs>
1: But if you uh, did, if...
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so I think sometimes it's just as much fun to pose the questions. Uh, I think we would learn so much if we knew the biography of the last few years of his life, the same we would have done if we'd known the last few years of Shakespeare's lives and all the different things he had done, or if we even knew, you know, some current playwrights where they get their ideas mm-hmm. i would i love to know those things i love to be inside their workroom inside the writer's desk and go how did you do this what did how where did you get this inspiration i mean that's kind of what we're doing right now you know you and i sitting here but it's great to know those things and there is a, a hunger to know how craft is made how a artwork is created But if it harms people in the process of discussing them and how they inspired you to make a Frankenstein, and you realize, oh, he's basing that on his horrible monster daughter from an incestuous relationship, oh, maybe that's going to ruin somebody else's life should he talk about it. It's a fascinating problem.
1: Thank you for listening. If you want early access to all of our interviews, subscribe to our Patreon today at patreon.com/standbyforplaces. The full interview will be available on all podcast streaming platforms this Friday. For more information on our artists, check out our website at standbyforplaces.com.